You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a community of people seeking to live our lives in the orienting center of God's love in the midst of our post-Christian world, learning to lead like Jesus, live on mission, and make disciples. In nature, gravity is the phenomenon that brings stuff together, objects as small as atoms and quarks, and as large as stars and galaxies. We believe the gravity of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. The Gravity Leadership Podcast is curated conversations on what it looks like to practically orient our lives and our leadership in the love of Christ, the gravity that holds everything together. This is the Gravity Leadership Podcast. We're talking about books, Mm -hmm. and it perhaps is borderline sinful. (laughs) <laughs> the amount we like them. I just got done emailing somebody from Baker, and they're like, hey, will you interview this person? And I read the title of the book, and I was like, I want that. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, Ooh, I was like sure, title. we'll interview them. Um, we're not just talking about books today. Uh, we're talking about a book written by our friend Dan White Jr., who is a guest straight out of Syracuse. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, fellas. Yeah, it's good to be here. Um, ben Hartman, Ben Stricky, and I are here, mm-hmm. and... Uh, we could we could rattle off uh, facts and th- anecdotes we know about you, Dan. But could you give us a proper introduction? Who you are, what you spend your time doing? Uh, sure. I, I don't know how proper it will be, but um, uh, I live in Syracuse, <clears throat> which is uh, upstate New York, dead center of the state. Um, moved here ten years ago to start a faith community. Um, I now, uh, I've been married 20 years, have two little guys. Well, one's not so little, he's 14 and a little bit taller than me. And I've got a two year old and, uh, I'm now, uh, my primary vocation full time is with the V3 movement. And, uh, that's just helping uh, to coach, consult and care for church planners, both women and men around the country. And, uh, uh, and then on the side, 
I like to read and write and uh, watch the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, Cowboys. Yeah. So why, that's, what, what, like every proper what's the story, Syracuse what's the story person? there? Why why are you a Cowboys? It's fan? a it's a family thing. It okay. should it should be the Giants, but my my dad was a fanatical Cowboys fan, so, so yeah, interesting. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Dan, we want to talk a little bit about your book uh, today that mm. you wrote recently called Love Over Fear. Mm. Um, tell us, uh, I mean, it, you know, the, the content of the book is in the title, right? Love Over Fear. Uh, sure. It's what you're yep. encouraging us uh, to, to do. But what, um, what, prompted mm. you, what prompted you to write this book uh, now? Yeah, uh, a couple, uh, it's actually more than a couple years ago. A few years ago, uh, I had this um, significant disruption in our local church where one Sunday a, uh, a woman came up to me, a dear woman who I really, really love, and said she didn't think that she could stay at our church any longer knowing that there were such liberal people at our church. And then she said, I don't think, think she said, I don't feel like I can be myself here. Hmm. I feel like I'm being judged by being conservative and I have to leave. Uh, you know, my response was, uh, uh, you're safe here. You belong here. Your voice is val- valued here. But she left. And two weeks later, fast forward to two weeks later, and a, a couple came to me with the same concern from the opposite angle. Uh, they said, Dan, I don't think we can stay in this church knowing there are such conservative people here that hold such oppressive beliefs. We don't feel like we can be ourselves here. And they left. And my response was pretty much the same. Uh, we appreciate you. I love you. Your voice is welcomed here. But it wasn't enough. And um, that that two-week uh, encounter uh, was brought just this inner turmoil uh, and, uh, I began to really ask the question, can conservatives and progressives share in Christian community? Um, no, is they can't. Po- is that right. right? <laughs> is that what the book says? Yeah. All right, Dan, right? thanks for being on the uh, book. My, my first response was, was nihilistic like Matt's. Yeah. Uh, I don't impossible. know if it's possible, yeah, yeah. you know, can we share table fellowship together? And that was the beginning of uh, exploring uh, what, uh, what, <laughs> what can I do as, as a lead shepherd? Uh, what, what weapons are available? Um, hmm. And so that birthed the ex- exploration into fear and love hmm. uh, for me. So uh, let me ask you a question about fear. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. you know, love over fear, uh, I don't know that the people that you talked about who left your church for those reasons, mm. I don't know that they, w- I mean, I don't know them, um, but I, I'm thinking about other Christians who have similar concerns, and I yes. don't know that they would identify what they're right. experiencing as fear. Really, Dr. Phil? Hmm. You don't say. No. They wouldn't <laughs> say, they wouldn't say like, oh, I, I have to leave here because I am afraid. Like, yeah. they, they couch it in different terms, right? They couch it right. in terms of, I, you know, these people have oppressive beliefs and I can't be myself and yeah. that kind of I thing. I feel persecuted. So, right, right. Yes, yes, um, yes. So, yeah, I don't know if you have reflections on that. I, I just, like, I think I believe you that it's, it's rooted in fear, but, yeah. like, people don't experience it as fear. They're not in touch they with don't. it. They're not in touch no. with the fear. Yeah, fear, yeah, I, I talk about this in Chapter 1, is fear... I've had this experience multiple times in, in 
uh, in counseling um, where I'll give you an example of this, where I was counseling this, this fella and uh, he came in because his wife uh, was concerned about him. He's been, he was kind of snapping at the kids all the time, really irritable. So she made him come to the counseling, right? So uh, he came in. And, you need to sort yourself out. Uh, how seventy you know, three percent of all husbands end up in counseling? Right, right. <laughs> and so uh, you know, I'm unpacking stuff with him, and he's using this language of, I ask him why he's snapping, and he's like, "Well, I'm just concerned that my kids might do this, and I'm 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 really worried that this might happen here, and hmm. what all this language concern." And then he even said, uh, "I'm afraid that," and so I listen, and then at the end of that statement those statements, I said, uh, it sounds like you have fear. And he said, I don't have fear. I'm just afraid. <laughs> and uh, I found Clearly it really interesting that, 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 that actually the word fear itself uh, feels too strong to us. It seems obnoxious and exaggerated that we can't even be in tune to the language, to the, to the, uh, um, to the flag words of concern and worry and all these words that enter into our vocabulary that really are rooted in fear. Hmm. Um, so those two couples that, you know, I mentioned in the beginning that the one leading the couple there, uh, certainly, certainly if I said, you're afraid, they say, uh, you're blowing smoke at me. Right. They, hmm. they just, that would not have scratched their felt need. Yeah. Um, but my exploration to fear is actually moves into neurology and, and, hmm. and understanding what's actually happening in our brains Hmm. To the point where if someone says they're not afraid, I say your brain is lying to you. <laughs> um, yeah. The neurology of the amygdala, um, that when we feel threatened or um, even anxious or reactive to a belief, uh, whether it's just ideological or belief that's embodied in an actual person in front of us, hmm. the first thing our amygdala does is feel threatened, primal fear. Hmm. Um, and there's a lot of science in this. I put just a little bit in the book just so I didn't nerd out too much, but, yeah. um, it lights up that center of fear, uh, like cocaine. Wow. It just, it, it is, it's hot, it's addictive and we don't think that it's fear, but that's what it really is. Hmm. Um, and so part of, part of the work of understanding what's happening between the left and the right is actually coming to terms with how, primal we are mm. when we encounter things that are unfamiliar um hmm. anxiety inducing and foreign and and offensive and disgusting to us yeah um we can come up with all kinds of labels but it's really lighting up the amygdala the primal fear center of our brains yeah um yeah which we need right like I need yeah, to be af- we do. I need to be afraid uh, of yeah. certain things in order to survive. Yeah. yeah. If, a bear, if a bear is attacking you, the best thing it's to do bears. is to run. Right. Right? Bears. Yeah. Got to be afraid of bears and yeah. your liberal neighbors. I I had a dream. <laughs> I had a dream. I had a dream the other night. I'm just remembering this now where uh, I was with Whitney Houston. Y'all remember mm. her? Oh yeah. But not like 2012 uh really uh, drugged up Whitney. Like 1989, I want to dance with somebody, Whitney. Um, mm-hmm. And she was, you know, she was strikingly gorgeous in my dream. Um, but she was terrifying. She was like chasing me. And I was, <laughs> I was scared of her. And wow. uh, I, 
So it's not just bears with me, but it's not like, just bears or liberal it, it neighbors. It might be Whitney Houston. It might, <laughs> in my dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the woman in my dreams Dream, scares me. Yeah, yeah. The the Whitney yes. Houston. Can you um, help me with that, Doctor Phil? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, Dan so we has some counseling so, so we need fear, Dan. Sure, but, certainly. But we, uh, it, it has. How would you describe it then? It has too much purview. It it it's does like too a, much work for it's us. It's like a fire in California. It just burns everything if it's uh, allowed into spaces it shouldn't be in. And hmm. this is how fear has moved into our uh, society, and we've actually. Um, allowed it into our politics. We've allowed it into our um, understanding of what it means to be a Jesus follower in the world. Hmm. It's just, it's like a forest fire right now. Um, and so fires are good, but they should be contained in appropriate places. So hmm. um, I think that's what Jesus is working out with disciples um, is their fear of the other, I, this is why Jesus uh, uses the language of be not afraid uh, mm. almost 40 times. Um, isn't that the most, isn't that the most yeah. repeated phrase from God to humans in scripture? 364 times. Yeah. Do not be afraid. Yes. Mm. Yes. One, one for almost every day of the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we get one day break. From yeah, yeah, one, yeah. A one day break where you can be afraid. That's like, that's like the purge. That's the one day the that purge. we just... <laughs> That's a day. That's a day you wake day, up. Very afraid. Right. <laughs> Whitney Houston chasing yeah, yeah. bears. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, yeah. yeah, do not be afraid. That's what Jesus is doing, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, the disciples. Uh, we see this. There's these sna- snippets of these uh, stories, but one of the the most uh, funny ones is where the disciples go out to do miracles. They come back and they're like, "Someone not of us." is casting out demons, and mm. we told them to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a fear statement. Um, hmm. That person's not of us. They're, they're a them. Right. And there's an us. And they're afraid of the implications of someone else. Um, and so Jesus obviously corrects them and says, if, if he's for me, he's not against me. And I don't know if the disciples even comprehend uh, what's going on there, but nah, th- that's, a, that's a fear-based <laughs> posture yeah. Uh, those disciples are yeah. um, living in. And so I think Jesus is unpacking this uh, in yeah. many narrative ways and parables. Um, and then just with the clear language of be not afraid. But um, I think it climaxes for me theologically uh, in First John, where the there's the juxtaposition between perfect love casting out fear. And yeah. I think that's the the war. I think that's the crux. That's the war in every human mm. heart. I think that's the war in in the universe. Mm. Is the uh, the standoff, the battle between love casting out fear or fear casting out love? Hmm. And um, so, I, you know, if I can whittle the gospel down, <laughs> whittle uh, whittle that whittle thing it down. down. It's yeah. it's between. Uh, it says earlier that God is love, right? In that same chapter, it says God is love. Defines him as love not he loves he's loving or he does loving things right. it's the essence of god yeah. so if perfect love casts out fear then fear can cast god out of our lives and the introduction of the gospel is actually to let the perfect love of god um reign over us fill us and be our primary lens for living in the universe mm. and so that's to me the um the maybe the 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 explicit uh, statement of what Jesus was actually doing yeah. um, in the Gospels. Yeah, I've got a Bible juke for you. 
and I know you like those. But uh, first, yeah. I want to I want to let Harmon get in on this. Uh, Harmon, do you see this dynamic of fear playing out locally for you? And what are the what are the polarities there that sort of define that? Yeah, I, I mean, right now we're I, I do think we're in a cultural moment, I, at least more than I've experienced in my lifetime of uh, polarization and choosing sides and debating those sides. Mm. And I don't, I think that leaks into our, our church congregations. Mm. And so yeah. I, I think it's, I actually think it's an amazing opportunity for us to model a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think in the midst of all of it, there is this fear of, do I belong here? And yep. if I disagree with you, there's almost a sense of I don't belong. Exactly. Uh, and and so one of the things that I think we've got to recapture is how do we actually disagree? Like how do we, sure. uh, how do we learn from people that we don't agree with? Like we we're at a point now where we we can't learn from people if we disagree with them on one thing. Mm. Uh, and and yep. it's become this cycle of. Um, entrenchment into our views that just takes us deeper into yeah. fear, right? Yeah. yeah. The Pew the Pew Research Report, I think it's 2015, maybe it's 2015, I think. Uh, no, this is a Gallup report, not the Pew Research, but the Gallup report exposed that um, 74% of conservatives only have conservative friends and 72% of progressives only have progressive friends. Hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's that, pretty much the same. There's, and they, 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 the term they came up with is, is there's a siloing going on yeah. that is actually a new phenomenon right now in uh, the West. We are absol- we're separated. There's such a void between us yeah. that we actually don't, act- we don't, we don't talk to each other, see each other, relate with each other. Yeah. And so our, our um, pictures of each other have become more grotesque. Um, caricaturized yes yeah that kind of thing yeah Yeah. which serves yeah serves to just kind of stoke that fear yes so one of the things I hear you saying Dan is just that um, a a starting point for this is to recognize fear for what it is and when it's operating in my life yes right To, to be able to just notice oh this is my brain is lying to me it's telling me that I am yep. in danger when yes. I'm not actually in danger, I've just heard an opinion that I don't agree with. Like, yes. that's different than being in danger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a, uh, it's hard uh, <laughs> and to identify that. I, I give some prompts and helps in, in chapter one on that, but mm-hmm. the, the fear center of our brain screams at us. Um, and, really the new spiritual discipline as a Jesus follower inviting people into is to not listen to that screaming um, and begin to um, discern rather than react. Um, Because, and this is also part of the neurology is that the amygdala actually does flood us with, um, with drugs. It floods us with, uh, um, um, serotonin it floods us with mm-hmm. emotional return that's very addictive and so yes. yeah. um that's also i mean that's the beauty of how we're made is that uh, there's there's a return on fear a, a deep addictive emotional return on fear mm. um and in 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 the prefrontal cortex of our our, our brain doesn't offer us that return mm. uh, that's kind of that's the right that's the hard truth it doesn't offer us that return and it actually empathy, forgiveness, 
active listening, all these postures that work in the prefrontal cortex of our brain don't provide us uh, an addictive uh, release. And so mm. it's really about choosing drugs over <laughs> choosing drugs in right. some sense. Drugs uh, are bad, okay? <laughs> drugs yeah, are yeah. bad, kids. Stop Jesus, so Jesus this is, is why, good. This is why it's difficult naturally, and that's why even the concept of enemy love just feels so absolutely insane and unnatural is yeah. because it is unnatural to yeah. um, our neurological yeah. makeup. Yeah, we're having to hack our we're having to hack yeah. our wiring. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we have to hack our wiring with the gospel. Right? Yes, to say like, yes. all right, I I need to believe what Jesus says about this mm. rather yes. than what my amygdala is telling me. So about if, this. if flesh means yeah. animated by animated by physical earthly things rather right. than something that's wrong and evil, then yes. like we can maybe even understand that the spiritual man isn't just somebody who's saved the spirit man is actually somebody who's freed from being imprisoned by their biological neurological impulses mm. yes yeah right so that yeah so that the flesh then is me responding to stimuli and reacting how my you know lower brain tells me to mm-hmm. yes but then the spiritual yes. man is set free from being imprisoned by the drugs yes yes mm-hmm. so that i can love yeah yeah i mean in some you could you could possibly say that it will Jesus was the first human to live uh, fully into the prefrontal cortex. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you know, is is he was a, he lived into the fullness of that yeah. image, and so yeah. um, I think at the fall, that's what we see in Cain and Abel is mm. is a regression into uh, um, into that. And so, yeah, well, that's the that's the crouching. The desire is crouching at your door, mm-hmm. right. right? I mean that you know yeah, you could yeah, yeah. you kind could describe like, that with uh, almost like an animal, like the survival nature <laughs> is crouching at your door. I was like, well, you see, yeah. your reptilian brain is going to, uh, you know, uh, hey, can I Bible juke yep. you for a second? Let's just real quick. I think sure because I'm I'm with you, Dan. <laughs> I think that we need love over fear, and I think we can't just try to stay away from fear and get to love right. and get to love. Yes. Right, yep. but um, how do I understand what you're saying in terms of all these commands? So the, God says, "Do not be afraid." A bunch, but He also mm. says, "Like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom." Yeah, there's a fear that you're talking about that I think you want to distinguish from a fear that Scripture commands us to have. Can you tease that out for us? I can. Um, so that's a what you just posed there, Matt, is a consistent kind of response I get with with this is that those 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 commands seem to be in opposition to mm-hmm. what we're being asked to do uh, I don't think uh, uh, my interpretation of the word fear the actual word fear in the text that we're talking about and in some of those are um, most of those in, are in the Old Testament uh, Proverbs you know says that Exodus says uh, to fear God um, I the, the the verb yare, which is that word fear, um, can be trans can be translated into our English word fear, but it's I think it's better translated into revere or to respect. Hmm. Um, our language of fear uh, has in its definition the fear that someone could hurt you mm-hmm. or like the terror of, or the threat of harm. Yes, yeah. threat of harm. Yeah. Um, where I think that the text is talking about uh, respecting, revering the source of something, the source of wisdom. It, hmm. I, I like to say it like this. It's like if I'm a musician and I'm living next door to Elton John 
and I don't go next door to ask Elton John how to make it in music, um, I am not fearing him or revering. I'd be a fool to, to, to not say, hey, Elton, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what Elton is offering me is wisdom into how to be a good musician. What I think God is offering us is wisdom in, into the good life. Mm-hmm. And so the way we translate fear, I think, is, is a misfortunate interpretation. Uh, yeah. mis- that, that, that it's uh, fear of harm and threats. To fear God means that God will smite us, crush yeah. us. If we don't do what he's asked, if we don't love him back, he will um, harm us. And mm. um, we're asked to imitate Christ. I don't think that's the imitation that we're being invited into. And so yeah. I, think it, I think if I could go through the Bible and change the fear of God to revere God, I think it's a better yeah. Thing. Well, yeah. you're a Protestant. You can do that. It's yeah. Just, <laughs> so it's kind of a it's it's uh, the vagaries of translation and the, and the ways yes. that that English words have evolved in their meaning over time. Like part yes. of, part of the problem is like we look in our English Bibles and this word is right. the same in both cases, but it doesn't. It clearly doesn't mean the same thing. Yeah. The fear that love casts out is not the fear of the Lord. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. I have a I have a mentor in my life who said words don't have definitions they have yeah. worlds of meaning yeah and so for us the, the definition of fear isn't just about a definition it has a world of meaning to us it yeah. means someone wants to hurt me mm-hmm. someone doesn't like me um that's not what those texts are talking about um yep, yep. So. yeah yeah dan good, I'm, I'm curious good. how do you how do you flesh this out in kind of a, a local community where you yeah. do have people that are afraid of each other and you're trying to gather them around the table? Like, yes. what does that look like for us to create space where mm. uh, love becomes the apologetic of the community? That's good. Uh, all these, all these additions you guys are offering me is going to go into level of fear 2.0. And <laughs> if I can reprint this, this is good. Um, we, we use, uh, I can give a great story of how this has worked out, but I'll first give you the scheme that we use. Um, uh, we use the, the language of attack, avoid, or affection. Hmm. And attack is what, uh, attack or avoid are really the only two options we're given in a polarized culture. Mm-hmm. So if I don't like progressives, I have either the option of attacking them with rhetoric, with as, as extreme uh, exaggerated labels as I can, or if I don't like conservatives, I call them ignorant, Trump-voting, oppressed, oppressive, ignorant fools. I mean, I just try mm-hmm. to find, I try to get as <laughs> harsh as I can with how I label them. And I call that attack. Um, mm-hmm. Or I avoid, and I just avoid, this is the siloing we were talking about earlier, right? What's yeah. going on? Yeah. In, in my work in community, and specifically in my neighborhood, um, those two options are uh, borderline suffocating there's and there's there people don't have an imagination for anything else other right. than that yeah yeah um, mm. i i think that the uh the commission to love our enemies where jesus says that you know i've heard it you, you've heard it said love your neighbor hate your enemy i say love your enemy mm. and pray for mm-hmm. those who hurt you which is that's just crazy pills uh and the reason he's talking about that is because he's talking about, I know what's a natural love for you to love mm. your neighbor. I'm going to give you an unnatural love that actually reigns on the just and the unjust. It, I, this is the way God's love is. Um, it has nothing to do with affinity or deserving. And so this third way, if you want to call it that, is the way of affection. And um, 
the way of affection using those three those three A's uh, is moving towards your enemy literally with warm hospitality um, instead of you know, like like warring hostility and affection lights up our prefrontal cortex uh, it is the only uh, empathy, affection, forgiveness, kindness, by the kindness of God leads to repentance, is the only thing that actually can can uh, light that up and awaken that. Um, so there's a, a woman in our, our neighborhood. Uh, one morning I was walking outside, eight, eight in the morning. Uh, this is a couple of years ago, um, walking to work. And I looked across the street and a brother had hung a confederate flag off his porch hmm. that's really odd to see in the northeast we yeah. don't see that stuff too often. right right it floored me you know i'm shocked and for a moment i thought uh i'm just gonna keep moving on um that the i think the spirit said uh to me what about shauna and shauna lives right across the street shauna is a black woman single mom and i started to realize that she's gonna walk out She's going to walk outside this morning and be greeted by that mm. brutal imagery. So I went to her, I knocked on her door. She opens the door, you know, groggy, bedhead still with a cup of coffee. And she's like, well, what's going on? What's, what's up, Dan? And I said, well, uh, don't look across the street, <laughs> which made her look across the street. Right. Yeah, that's the uh, first, first rule of uh, getting people sees, to do things. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them not to. Uh, she sees that flag. Yeah. And... Um, I say, what do you want to do, Shauna? Um, we move, we go to her dining room table, and she's just, she is traumatized. Uh, she's shaking. She has, uh, she has a little boy, Grayson, and she starts saying, I can't not walk to my car every day and Grayson see that flag. Um, you know, she just does not know what to do. So I'm like, Shauna, I will do whatever you think you want to do. I, I'll support you, I'll back you up. I'll walk over there with you. Um, she said, no, give me some time. So I said, okay. So she's a church-going lady. She went to church, uh, went to a small group that Wednesday, and her, she told her small group the story. It's a black church, and uh, I'm just trying to give you the context here. Sure. And half the group said, we're going to rip it down tonight. <laughs> we're going to go over there and rip it down. Wow. They chose attack. Mm -hmm. Another part of the group is like, Shauna, just forget about it. It'll go away. Mm. Yeah. Um, he'll probably take it down in, you know, in a few months. She walked away from that small group. Something, I mean, I, something deeper than her, I think it's the spirit. She felt neither of these options are going to mm. bring transformation. Yeah. Neither of these options are good options. And so she reached out to me and she said, Dan, I'm actually going to go over there and talk to him. Mm. And she's like, but I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm going to go over and talk to him. So she baked uh, blueberry pie. She mm. walked over, knocked on his door. He did not answer. She left it on his porch and left a note and said, uh, Charlie, um, I just want to talk about your flag. I'm your friend. Can we talk? And two weeks go by. He ignores her, uh, doesn't respond. I mean, she's living in anxiety for two weeks mm. now. The flag's, she, the flag's still up this whole time. It's still up. Yep. Still up. Okay. Every day I'm like, Shauna, are you sure? Is this just what you want to do? Um, she's outside She's outside walking Grayson one afternoon. He pulls into his driveway. 
And like paparazzi, she converges on him, <laughs> goes right to his window and knocks on his window. And he tries to ignore her still. He gets out of the car, walking up to his porch. She's right next to him. And she just kept, keeps saying, Charlie, I just want to talk. I'm not your enemy. I just want to talk. Eventually, she gets, they get to the door and he says, fine, we can talk tonight. Come on over. So, you know, she gets home. She calls me up, panicked. What the hell am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not ready for this. I'm like, I'll, do, I'll go there with you. She's like, no, I need to do this. Uh, I'm just going to, I'm only going to be in there two hours. If I don't come out in two hours, come and get me. So she goes in and she walks into his house that night and she sees all the symbols of life. Uh, his grandkids, his family, his war paraphernalia from the Iraq war. Mm. She sees his, uh, his recliner solo there that he sits in. They sit down. She realizes this is a broken, broken, lonely, lonely man. His wife bailed on him years ago. He's living with tons of regret around how he bailed on his kids. Mm. And all he does all day long is sit, read the newspaper, watch news at the loudest volume he can. And they, she begins to see his, him as human, and he begins to see her as human. And fast forward the story, they become uh, kind of friends. Uh, hmm. Where he agrees, he's like, he says uh, to, to her, damn it, Shauna, I don't know why you need this, but I'll take the damn flag down. That's what he says. <laughs> Takes the flag down, which yeah. isn't even the victory yet. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and he says... Uh, one day he's shoveling, you know, winter comes to winter. They're shoveling outside. He shovels her driveway. She comes out, thanks him. He says, Hey, listen, if you ever want me to watch your kid babysit, I can do that for you. Hmm. Something's beginning to happen here. Um, and she takes him up on the offer like a month later. She, he's Grayson's napping. She goes over and says, Hey, could you just watch him? I gotta go to the grocery store. And she does. Now she doesn't know why she's taking yeah. him up on this offer. There's a lot of mm -hmm. uncertainty about it. Mm -hmm. She gets home 45 minutes later, comes into the house, um, says, Hey, thank you so much. Relieves him, but he won't leave. He's lingering at the table. He sits down. He says, can we talk about what happened, you know, months ago about my flag? She said, sure. He said, you know what? I've been thinking about it. I don't fully understand, but I'm starting to realize I've not ever had a black friend like you. Hmm. And I'm really sorry. And I think I might have some racism that I have to work through. Mm. Now, not every story works out like that. Right. Uh, but I do believe it's an, it is an untried path, the way of affection. Her affection towards him allowed him to consider a truth that he would not have been open to. Mm -hmm. um, actually, uh, they call this in neurology backfiring. Is that when you, when you pummel people with facts that are foreign to them or call their identity into question, they don't just necessarily deflect. They actually double down. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Happened so to me actually, last night on Facebook. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's not accomplishing anything. Right. Right. Yeah. It would be a lesson feels, to you, Matt. Right. It, it literally did. <laughs> it feels powerful. It feels like we're accomplishing something, but there's, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's enough data now and enough sociological history. We're, we're getting further away from each other yeah. and we're, we're, there's not transformation taking place. So mm -hmm. when people yeah. say, and are you against telling people the truth? I'm like, no. Uh, but yeah. is it work? Is that cold? Is that pummeling someone with cold, hard facts working? That's the question I'm asking. Right. It's not. Yeah. Yep. It makes us feel uh, good, a, though. There's a, there's a place for truth. We telling. get those drugs. Um, there's a place for <laughs> flipping tables. 
Yeah. But right now, yeah. the, get, the void between us is so wide that we have to train Jesus followers in the way of affection. I like yeah. to call it affectionate action. It's it's the only thing that actually that, can awaken us to, yeah. I think, the good news. So that's what's anyhow. That's the long version. Of that's a great. That's a, that's a great story, man. It's a highlight yeah. of our podcasting in the last year so far for me. That story. That, that's a great story. I, can we go ahead, Hartman? What What did you notice about that story? What What do you want to draw attention to? That you think like, we could talk about this story for uh, twenty minutes, but mm. yeah, uh, what grabbed you? What struck you about that? Yeah, I think. Uh, well, I mean, one is that we we just don't have an imagination for love. I, I mean, I think that's yeah. a big part of what we're training in at, at Gravity is is mm. we don't we lack imagination. Yes. for how do we love well and mm-hmm. and we're so entrenched in our polarized options right so yeah. in in the three option mm-hmm. you know it's curious that she went for advice and and the options she was given the two options yeah. right attack or avoid uh and and so i do think there is a third way that we've got to learn how to embody and then we also have to have a discerning community around us yeah where there's others that are discerning with us because my impulse oftentimes is attack or avoid. Sure. Uh, and so when I am living it in community, I, th- I think we start to recognize that there is a, there is a third way and we have that imagination stirred up because we're living in community together yeah. versus when we're, when we're isolated and entrenched. Yes. I think that creates all kinds of deeper issues that we don't comprehend. So I think a lot of our fear, a lot of our entrenchment is also because of our individualization of our culture. And so because we're such an individual culture, we've isolated ourselves into these corners where we, we lack imagination because we're yeah. not with people. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 what did you yeah. notice? Uh, the thing I noticed is Dan, you describe affection, not as a feeling I have towards somebody, but as an action I can take towards somebody. Yeah. So yeah. Shauna isn't necessarily feeling warm fuzzies towards towards right, Charlie right. when she goes across the street to meet with him for a couple hours. Uh, yeah. She may actually be feeling fear. Oh, of I course. mean, you know what I mean. Like she's like, yeah. "Come get me if I'm if I'm gone for you know what I mean." Like th- those are yes. She probably feels fear, but she did. Effect, yeah. uh, what what you're calling us into when you say affection is not feeling differently towards people, but doing yes. differently towards them. That's good. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. It, it is, there's a, uh, we, I, I think, I stole this term from somebody, I don't know who, but there's an act as if that's yeah. occurring. Um, mm-hmm. I feel fear, but mm-hmm. I'm acting beyond that initial emotion yeah. towards, with affection. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It, that's what Shana did. Instinctively, she knew that she could not just go with what she felt. Um, yeah. Yep. You're this acting could, as if the gospel's true. Yeah. In other words. Well, bro, that's great. Yeah. And this could be why we don't, you know, Harbin, to pick up on your comment, we have an anemic mm-hmm. or small imagination for love. This yes. could be one of the reasons why. Love isn't learned by getting a master's of divinity. Yeah. Or or by uh, reading a bunch of books. Mm. Yes. Uh, or by listening to a bunch of Def Leppard love songs. Like, <laughs> lo- love is. Yeah. Definitely not the Def, Def Leppard ones. Definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, but love is learned through embodied participation. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. like in view of the mercy of God, offering your body as a living sacrifice yeah. in, yes. the, in the arena of dealing with your fear, anger, and hatred yeah. of Charlie. Right. Right. And then, yep. and then you will, then your mind is renewed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you'll know how to discern God's will. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Yeah. And that, yep. that kind of learning 
like what I what I took away from that story is, oh, I know why we don't have an imagination for love, uh, because we're chicken shit. Yeah, it's really yeah. hard. Like yeah. love is yeah. really yeah. hard. Yeah. It's the hardest yeah. option that Shauna had in that moment was to love him. Yes, it was. Yeah, and yeah, and nothing short of dying to yourself. Yeah, will get you there. I work out a little bit in. I mean, I would love to write a whole book on this, but in chapter four, uh, which is called Affection for Monsters, um, <laughs> I'm working mm. off of the, the medieval concept of monsters, um, you oh. know, distorted humans. And I used to have a fascination with them. I collected books on medieval <laughs> monsters. But um, yeah. Dude, you truly are a nerd, right? <laughs> yeah. Capital N. That's like, awesome. I, I, revere, I, revere, uh, I revere your nerdiness. It's amazing. But that's I amazing. That. No, I love it. You collection. What's your I favorite? Um, what's your favorite medieval monster? The Succubus? Um, nope. It's the... Um, oh, man. What would it be? Um, <laughs> Sorry to put you on this. No, it's okay. Well, I mean, I put a few in there. The, the Hippo... Hippo um, Hippogriff? Nope. No, 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 no. It's the... That's Harry Potter. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, my brain is trying to blank here, which is probably not good for a podcast. <laughs> no, it makes for a great podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, it's the, it's the winged, it's the, um, the winged creature. Oh, um, all right. Um, look it up. Yeah, we'll, we'll do this. Consult your library. We'll put it in the show notes. Pegasus? (laughs) Yeah. The winged horse, the Pegasus? No, that's, that's Greek. That's not a medieval monster. No, the Paniti. It's, it's, uh, the Paniti, which is P-A-N-I-T-I-I. I I love Paninis. Um, it's a, (laughs) (laughs) it's a creature, (laughs) it's a creature with, Huge ears, melted cheese. Um, <laughs> Charmin, that's my. I'm so hungry, dude. Monster. It's lunchtime. Um, <laughs> Huge ears, yeah. huh? Okay. Anyway, so, so we'll, in your chapter, we're gonna, just, we're gonna let that go. There. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. All right. Sorry. sorry. Affection for monsters. Affection for monsters. And anyhow, uh, the oh, in that chapter, I mean, I've I've been working through what kenosis is, and. Oh, yeah. Um, and Matt, you triggered this with your uh, talk about dying to self. And um, I think the canonic, the that word of love in Philippians chapter 2 of kenosis, empty, is less just about um, um, pouring out something that's in, but it's also about pouring out to make space for something that's hmm. not there. Hmm. And so this is, I think that Jesus' love being canonic, self-emptying, is actually holding space, making space for the other um, that is foreign, that is offensive, um, uh, that is repelling. Um, Because when you're full of yourself rather than emptied of yourself, there is no room for anything other than what you like, uh, what you have affinity with, Mm. um, with others that are like you. Mm. Um, And I think that this is what we see in the Trinity. God in Christ emptied himself to make space for us. Um, yes, and that that canonic love was already pre pre world. Uh, Father, Son, and Spirit already lived right. in canonic love. Yes, and they brought that here to make space for. Well, this is why Paul says uh, um, that God loved His enemies to make space for us who were who were opposed to Him. Yes, and, mm-hmm. and re- were offended by God's love. Um, he makes space for those who are actually offended by Him, and so. Kenosis is really that act. Uh, it's probably the only muscle that can create space sh- that allowed Sean to create space yeah. for 
dude, Charlie. Dude. Um, so what you're saying is... Because there's no space in Shauna's world for him, and there's no space in Charlie's world for Shauna. There's, there right. isn't. Right. So if you're, if you're spiritually bored, if mm. you feel like your relationship with God is dead, that he, you can't hear him, he doesn't answer your prayers, you don't even want to pray, you haven't picked up your John MacArthur study Bible in, in years, <laughs> uh, turn off the Jeremy Camp song, mm-hmm. turn off this podcast, and go empty yourself and participate mm. in the life of the Trinity. Yeah, yeah. Right? So um, yes. I'm struck too by the thing that brings revival is us giving ourselves over to the life of the Trinity yeah. and the people to teach us that aren't the people we want to call teachers. Right, right, right. Right? So Shauna, you know, you, you worked with Shauna and like she trusted you, but like... Oh, I didn't lead her. <laughs> oh, it's so clear, Dan. <laughs> I watched her. That you benefited yeah. so much from Shauna. Yeah. Being close to her, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Being approximate to her. Uh, and like, I, I need people, I need a Shauna in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I think our role, I mean, just not to st- stop your flow, uh, Matt, but we, we be- I become Shauna's advocate, certainly. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. um, as she's, as she's moving into and modeling and breaking open space for kenosis, yeah. um, I'm, I'm her advocate. I mean, I, I think in some ways she needed me to say, I will, I will do whatever you need. Yeah. I'll go wherever you need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be here for you. I can be your voice. If you need me to be your voice, if you need me to go next door, I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but she wanted to exercise that muscle herself. And so my role is advocate um, mm. in solidarity with, with that. Um, yeah. Dude, that's, that's so helpful. And I think you're, we need more resources like this that give us mm. a, a new imagination for how to, how to navigate these kinds of things. This is foreign to us. We just got through this series where we talked about power issues. Like we're so yeah. used to engaging from a place where we're in power and we want to control things um, yes. that, that I think uh, we just need more and more people like you mm. uh, helping us see yeah, a dude. new way of being in the world. It's yep. really helpful, man. Oh, man. Yep. Um, the book, the book is uh, Love, Love Over Fear. Over Fear, What to Do When Whitney Houston is it's chasing you in your dreams. Chasing right? you in your dreams. I think that's the subtitle. Was that that was a rejected <laughs> subtitle? But yeah, yeah, um, that didn't get through. Missed opportunity. Dan, how else can people uh, uh, contact you or connect um, with you? Connect with you online and that kind of thing. Yeah, there's a there's a fun uh, website that we launched called LoveOverFearProject.com. Okay, and it's uh, it's built like a movement in some sense. There's a free uh, twenty page. Uh, healing our polarized ebook on there oh. for small groups and discipleship groups. It's like it's like the the, the streamlined version of this to take a group through. Uh, that we've had this is fun. We had some artists make original music based on Level of Fear. Oh, that's fun. Uh, for any of you DC Talk fans, Kevin Ooh. Max wrote a really beautiful, simple Beatlesque oh, nice. song called "Be Love." Um, there's a lot of resources to kind of get at the imagination um, around this. So loveoverfearproject.com is the best place to go. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Love Over Fear Project. Pick up the book. We'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes, folks. Dan, Mm. thank you so much for uh, sharing this time with us. Yep. Telling us stories and and helping us uh, see some new stuff. And thanks for the book. Yeah. Yeah, it was a joy. Thank you. Important work. Yep. Keep it up. Thanks, friends. Bless you. All right. Peace, y'all. Amen. See you next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you enjoy learning from this podcast, 
please be sure to show your support by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. Be sure to share with your friends on social media too. And we would love to hear from you. So please email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. You can join our online community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.